the rain so when it falls on me should i complain or feel you calling me it's all on me to stay and really catch what you're showing it's my roots that you're growing because life is more than this moment you are the light so when the darkness falls the greatest heights they never seem so tall no not at all you're right the roots that you're growing don't want to miss what you're showing ain't no doubt about you everywhere that i go you keep showing up Make some noise. You cover me, my defender, when you're rolling up your sleeve. You're the truth that's gonna set the captive free. The only king that's ever chose to bleed. That's what I believe. That they keep trying to make your glory fade. But I ain't really swearing what they say. Ain't no doubt about it.
Church, welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song?
You may be seated. Well, good morning and welcome to worship. If you are a guest with us, we are so glad that you came to worship with us this morning. We would love to have a chance to meet you and to give you a welcome gift if you've not received one yet. You can stop by Next Steps on your way out, um, fill out a You Belong Here card, and I'd love to have a chance to meet you. Uh, we also have these cards in the chair backs in front of you. If you'd like to know more about how you can submit a prayer request to be included in worship a little bit later in the service. Um, there's also information there about our tithes and offerings, what that looks like, how you can do that, as well as uh, communion, what we believe communion is and the, the grace that God gives us in it. We also have a digital bulletin. You see the QR code on the screen. You can scan that QR code with the camera on your phone and it'll take you to the, the digital bulletin. We also have some printed copies out in the family gathering space as well. Um, and also, if you'd like to know more about who we are as a church, what we believe, um, next Sunday from 12.15 to 2 p.m., we are having a new disciple launch, which is a, a way for us to share with you not just lunch, but also uh, our history, our mission, what we believe, and what it looks like to follow Jesus here at 1C The Sanctuary. And if you call 1C your home, you're probably well aware of the weekly happenings, emails that go out each week that let you know what's going on in the life of the church. We also have the Church Center app that has everything you need as far as events, groups, registrations, giving, your schedule of what you got going on this week, church calendar and everything. So if you don't have the church app, I encourage you to download that and you can see me after worship if you need help with that. But other than that, we are ready to worship with our next song.
Boys and girls, it is time for the kids' message, so come on up front. Make your way on up front here. Find a seat up here on the floor. All right. Well, if you haven't noticed yet, there's some sports decorations behind me because this week at Blast has been a sports camp, and the theme is Heart of a Champion. All right. Yep, keep coming on up front. There's plenty of room. And I brought a football with me because I bet there's somebody here that knows how to throw a football really well and could show me how to do it. You can throw a football? All right. Here, you stand up. You can step on over there and, and show me how you throw a football. Can you do that? Nice job. Good job. Thank you. That was a good spiral. I want to do the same thing. All right. So I'm going to throw the football to you. Okay. You ready? What happened? I let it go too soon. I don't think I had a very good grip on it, did I? I grab it, grip it a lot tighter. All right, you ready? <laughs> Shoot, I didn't let go, did I? What's going on? I'm not, I'm not doing a very good job, am I? Throw it. Okay. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll figure it out. I'm going to grab a bag of potato chips later, sit on the couch, watch some football. I'll figure it out. I'm going to be an NFL quarterback. Think I can do it? Yes? All right. Thanks for the vote of confidence because I see a lot of people shaking their head no. Maybe if I, what? If I get Peyton Manning? Yeah? You think he could show me how? A wide receiver? Maybe. I did catch the ball you threw to me, didn't I? Yeah. Well, if I want to be an NFL quarterback, how do I get better? Yeah. I have to practice? You mean eating potato chips and watching football on TV is not going to make me an NFL quarterback? No. I have to practice with the ball. Uh, practice throwing it too? If, yeah, that's a great idea. It probably would be helpful to have other people around me too, wouldn't it, to practice with because I've heard football is a team sport. Yeah, because there's a lot of different positions on the football team, isn't there? I mean, obviously there's a quarterback, and you mentioned a wide receiver, and there's a line, a line uh, running backs. And then there's a defensive line. There's a special teams. There's a kicker. You don't usually see him very often, but he comes out and kicks the ball every once in a while, gets paid millions of dollars. He's on the team, isn't he? Yeah, so football's a team sport. Now, when a team wins a championship, wins a Super Bowl, who gets the ring? Is it just the quarterback? No? 
the whole team, even the kicker that only comes out a couple times on the game, he gets a ring too? Wow. Everybody on the team? There's a lot of people on the team. That's pretty amazing. Even if you don't get out on the field, but you're on the team, do you get a Super Bowl ring? You do? That's, you play t-ball. That's awesome. You know what? That's, that's really amazing. That makes me think playing football is a lot like following Jesus. A lot more than I knew. Because you know what? Jesus says it's good to practice our faith. In, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, he says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. So it's wise to practice our faith, right? And it's, you know what? Following Jesus is also a team sport, just like football. It is. Because you know what? Let's see what 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Encourage one another and build each other. That sounds like what teammates do for each other, isn't it? They practice together. They run drills together. They encourage one another. They build each other up so the team can become champions. Yeah, that's following follow Jesus as a team sport. But you know what? We are on team Jesus through faith in Jesus. Just through having faith in Jesus, we're, we're on the team. And you know what? I'll let you in on a secret. It's not about how good you are that gets you on the team. Because Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So Jesus chose us to be on his team before we ever did anything good for him. Before we ever could do anything good for him. Jesus chose us to be on his team. Well, I bet you if Jesus was an NFL quarterback, I could make the team. Yeah, because Jesus calls all of us to join his team. And it's not about anything good we do, but it's because Jesus is so good. And you know what? Through faith in Jesus, we are on a championship team. Because Jesus is the greatest champion of all, of all and he already won the championship. Jesus lived the perfect life. He gave that winning sacrifice of dying on the cross for us. He rose from the grave alive as the greatest champion ever over sin, over death, over the devil. And you know what? He is the greatest champion of all. And we are on the winning team because of faith in Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Jesus chose us, not because we're good, but because he loves us so much. And we get to be on his team. And just like Super Bowl, a Super Bowl team, everybody on the Super Bowl team gets the prize. Everybody on Jesus' team gets the prize, no matter what position you play. Pretty awesome, isn't it? Yeah. Well, let's pray. We'll fold our hands, bow our heads, and you can repeat after me. Jesus, you are the champion. And thank you for choosing me to be on your team. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up. And you can head on back to your seats. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. I'm Pastor Patrick Sparling from Emmanuel Lutheran Church right here in Columbus. Let's go ahead and begin our service today with a little invocation and a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us pray. Lord God, gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us forgiveness, life, and salvation through the life, death, and resurrection of your dear Son and for the freedom that he also gives us. Lord, on this weekend, we gather to thank you for our nation, that we are in an independent nation with definite freedoms for the individual. We thank you, Lord, for our country and ask that you bless it in the days and years ahead. For we pray it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Ashamed of what I've done, what I've become. 
Please stand and let us together confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. 
as a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority. I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We continue now with the celebration of the sacrament. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of, the, all of you, this cup is a New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. This time you may be seated. The table is ready. Come to the feast. You said come just as you are Skin and bones smell like a bar You sure you won't be there this way Come just as you are Skin and bones and broken heart You kept your word and here I stay Born again 
please stand. And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior strengthen you and preserve you steadfast in the one true faith, even unto life everlasting. Depart in peace and in great joy. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, gracious Heavenly Father, we do give you thanks and praise that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Almighty God, we bring our prayers to you spoken and in our hearts this morning from our 1C family. A prayer for my wife who is currently undergoing radiation treatments. Prayers so she can find strength and comfort in you, Lord. For my niece, Debbie, who had a stroke and has cancer. For my son's friend, that he get his oxygen under control and gets to feeling better. Jesus be with Nancy as she nears the end of treatments. Strengthen her body and give her the peace and confidence of your presence with her and your work in her. Strength for Coco and Bobby as they both fight their battles with cancer. Be with them both through treatments and be with their families. Prayer that I can get this huge job opportunity for you know the plans you have in store for me. And a prayer for the empty chairs in church and that others feel welcome to join us every week. Gracious God, thank you for hearing our prayers. As we celebrate our country's freedom this weekend, we also remember and celebrate our greatest freedom of all, our freedom from the chains of sin and the free gift of eternal life through your son Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear friends in Christ Jesus, a reading from the fifth chapter of Paul's letter to the Galatians. The first verse, and then we continue with verses 13 through 25. Hear the word of the Lord. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. For you are called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. 
And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So far, the Lord's Word. Well, I have to tell you that it's kind of a joy to be with you on this particular weekend. And I don't know if you're anything like me, but you know that for about a week in Columbus, it's been a little bit like living in a war zone, hasn't it? And of course, you know, as the 4th of July draws near, also known as Independence Day, well, we know that there's been all kinds of things going off in the air. I uh, told the first service this morning that uh, it kind of keeps my dog up, keeps my cat up, keeps my wife up, and most of all, it kind of keeps me up. I've often wondered if I'll be able to get even with those people that shoot fireworks off right up to 11 o'clock at night. And if that's you, please don't take that as any kind of gauntlet or anything. I'm just trying to use something to open the sermon with today. But it's also, you know, those telltale signs that we're celebrating our nation's independence. And in spite of things you may have seen on the news recently and all those other kinds of things, we should be very grateful that God has allowed us to be born in a nation like ours because we're free. That is, we can do pretty much what we want to do as long as it doesn't interfere with the rights and the freedoms of others and as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. And that's why as many problems as we have, well, we're still in what I believe is probably the greatest country in the world. And that's my thoughts. You don't have to agree, but that's where I'm at today. But anyway, when we talk about freedom, there's a story that I oftentimes like to tell, and it's a something that took place in a prison a number of years ago, because it seems that this particular penitentiary had the habit or had a tradition of holding a very special church service every year that was led by the chaplain and invited to this special worship service was the governor of the state. The reason the governor was invited because this was a special ceremony in which the governor would announce the names of all of the inmates that were receiving a gubernatorial pardon. That is, they would enter the service incarcerated and they would leave free. And so you can imagine the anticipation, the buildup to this worship service. And as is so often the case, we know how antsy we can get during a worship service. Now imagine if you were waiting for your name perhaps to be proclaimed as someone who is going to receive a pardon. You, I would imagine that with the service beginning, you have all the ceremony, all the rites, confession and absolution, as message by the chaplain, then the introduction of the governor, and then you have to wait for the governor to give his speech, and we all know how governors can speak, right? And I'd also imagine that you could see that the inmates would get impatient. And plus that, there's listening to all the long hymns that had to be sung. And so you can imagine that by the time the governor was to read the names of those receiving their pardon, well, there's a lot of excitement in the room. And you could hear a pin drop as the governor took out his piece of paper and began reading the names. And the first name was read. And you could imagine that with that name, as the room was silent, how that silence would be, well, would be pierced, if you will, by the sound of somebody's name, followed by jumping up and down and screaming and celebrating, and then more silence as they had to wait the next name. And this happened a number of times until they came to the name of Lawrence Layton. And you can imagine that as the name Lawrence Layton was cried out, nothing happened. There wasn't a yell, there wasn't a scream, there wasn't a jump up and down, there wasn't even acknowledgement that the man had heard his name read. 
And that's when the chaplain, who was sitting rather close to Larry, said, Larry, he's calling your name. Go up and receive your pardon. And of course, he reluctantly did. But the interesting thing happened that after he received his gubernatorial pardon, you can imagine that Lawrence Layton went and returned to the same place he was sitting before. And even more than that, when the whistle blew and the service came to an end, and when the inmates were to return to their own cells, well, sure enough, Lawrence got in line and marched out with his fellow prisoners on his cell block. And then, of course, that was interrupted by the chaplain and even the governor saying, you don't have to go back that way, you're free. And what it seems is that he was so used to being a prisoner that when his name was read, he couldn't think of anything else to do. You know, as we gather on this Independence Day weekend, and as there are so many comparisons we can make to the fact that we have received a great deal of freedom in Christ, after all, Paul writes to the Galatians, for freedom, Christ has set you free, we also realize that these were a bunch of Christians who had been under all kinds of slavery throughout their lives already. For the Gentile Christians among them, you heard the list of the acts of the, sen the, the sinful nature that went contrary to what the Spirit does. And as I heard those, and as I read those, I was thinking that all of those things that Paul was speaking of Boy, couldn't you kind of raise your hand and say, this sounds just like our nation these days. As a matter of fact, many of us can even say, this sounds like my life at one point. And how can I have the forgiveness that God has offered me through his son? Or you can also say that these words were written to a congregation in Galatia that had people that not only were Gentiles, but there were also other people who said that in order for you to be a good Christian, you first had to follow all the regulations and all the rites that the Jews practiced. Because we know that Christianity grew up within Judaism. We call these people Judaizers, and they were wanting people to return again to a yoke of slavery in that way. So if it was a slavery to a very active life of sexual immorality and all that other kind of stuff, or whether it was considering that you can't free yourself from the conditions of the law. There was a fine line to walk in terms of walking in Christian freedom. You see, what Paul would say is do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Don't use your freedom to perform the works of the flesh. That is not what God has called us to do. Quite the contrary, that we know God sent Jesus into the world whose innocent suffering, his life, his death, and his resurrection has freed us from those things that we refer to as sin, death, and the power of the devil. The only thing is that by our sinful nature, we still feel like we have to indulge that in some way. And you might also say that sometimes we seem more slaves to sin than we are freed in Christ. And that's what I like to say is the reason that we gather together as the body of Christ to be reminded of everything that God has done that we might have our freedom. And then once we have our freedom, we consider the ways in which we exercise that, not to do the things that we don't want to do, but rather do the things that are in step with the Spirit. And those things, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Kindness, faithfulness, self-control, and all those other things that Paul mentions. 
You see, what he says is that we are freed from sin, death, and the devil. We're free from the power of the law, and we are released to serve God and also to love our neighbor as ourselves. And I always like to say that's what Christians have been given into this world for. And to state another example, I always like to look at this Supreme Court decision that was handed down last week. You probably may not have heard of it, right? Or actually, you've probably heard of it nonstop. And you've heard famous people and Hollywood stars and all kinds of people talking about how bad that is. But I always like to say as a Christian, as one who considers myself pro-life, I look at that as something to celebrate, not only for myself, not only in the church, but that a very bad law had been overturned. But then I also remember that there are a lot of people in this world who walk not according to what God has called us to be, but still live as slaves to the flesh. And what we're called to do as Christians is not so much curse the darkness as we are to light up the darkness. I think it was Jesus himself who said, like a city on a hill and like you don't light a a lamp and hide it under a bushel, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father in heaven. You see, we have been put here for a purpose, not to indulge the sinful nature. And one of the ways I hear a lot of people on the life side indulging the sinful nature is through the gloating and through the na 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 kind of stuff that we are so often to engage in. And what I told my congregation last week was that it's important for us to be able to walk beside those people we disagree with, to try to convince them that God is all about life and not death. And also as we live our lives, part of being pro-life is to serve our neighbor, to love our neighbor, even if that neighbor is an enemy in any way. And the way we do that, we remember what God did for us to earn our freedom. We remember salvation is free, it's a free gift of God, but it certainly wasn't cheap, was it? And we look to the cross to remember what Jesus has done, his innocent life, his innocent suffering and death for us, and his resurrection that freed us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. You know, one of the things I like to boast about, and by the way, no booing today, please, but I'm from the great state of Oklahoma, right? And uh, not only that, but I'm from a town in Oklahoma called Muskogee, Oklahoma. And yes, I love Merle Haggard, by the way. And one of the things that I remember of my hometown of Muskogee, Oklahoma, is the Veterans Administration Hospital, partly because I have a brother that works there, and partly because a number of years ago, when I was in War Memorial Park, where they hold the annual Azalea Festival every year, one of the prettiest places in the world in that part of the world at that time, I drove by, and I was going to turn around in the driveway of the VA hospital, and I saw a sign that stopped me almost dead in my tracks, because on the step approaching the main entranceway into the hospital, there's a sign that says, the cost of freedom is evident here. And it was that reminder of all the brave men and women who have sacrificed something for our nation, that we might be the best place, that we might be free and live in independence in our world. And also to remind us that many gave their life for that, but also many brought home some brokenness from the places where they served. And those people are the ones we ought to walk also beside in order to thank them and to care for them as they need. 
The cost of freedom is evident here. And as we live in Christian freedom, and as we're called to not indulge the sinful nature, we simply, as the body of Christ in this place, look to the cross, like I said. Because what better thing could be said of that then the cost of our freedom is evident there. You see, Jesus laid down his life and he took it up again that we might be free. Free from sin and its power over us. Free from death and our fear of death. And free from the devil who prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And when we remember the cost that has been paid for our freedom, both as a nation and also as Christian people, we remember that we have the opportunity every time we gather to celebrate freedom, not just one day a week, not just one day a year as a nation, but we have the opportunity to celebrate freedom all the time. God grant you that in the name of Jesus and for his sake, because we remember our salvation, our freedom is free, but it is not cheap. It costs Jesus his blood and others have shed their blood for us that we might stay free. So celebrate freedom all the time. God grant it to us in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Let's confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. And uh, let's stand as we do that. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Remain standing for the closing song. Hello to the shallows, back for the gallows, the dead man walking.
everybody go in peace and serve the Lord. Stained glass windows, home bar stools, and back row pews. 